Welcome to the Strange Catholics Podcast. I'm your host, Phil, joined as always by Terry in Minnesota with me and Bob in Virginia. We are three distinct voices bringing varied perspectives on the church and the world into the conversation. We want you to join in the conversation. You can do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics and leaving a message there. You may also email us at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Please remember to rate this podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening and share with one person. We used to gather around a table at Caribou Coffee. It's a coffee house in Minnesota in the Midwest. But now we gather virtually in hopes that these conversations will be a light for you as they are for us. Now, let us begin this week's conversation. Welcome to this episode of The Strange Catholic Show and The Strange Catholics Podcast. This week, we'll have Bob's first cup. We'll have a little bit of conversation. We're going to talk about All Hallows' Eve. And our saints this week are Saints Jude and Saint Simon, which Terry will highlight. We'll turn it over to Bob for that first cup. All right. All right. Well, welcome, brothers. Uh, let's start in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, gracious and wonderful Lord, thank you for this opportunity once again for us to join with our listeners and my two brothers in this wonderful podcast format and just be present with us today as we discuss the issues of the day and how they affect us and really through looking through the lens of you and your teachings through our church. And so we ask this through uh, your son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit. Uh, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Great Did job, Bob. On that? Yes, yes. You were hitting it out of the park, yeah. Bob. I, I, I'm elated yeah. over on this end. I, I don't know if you could see my <laughs> elation. Everyone that's watching the podcast on YouTube, which you need to go subscribe to, is going to see just how elated I am when you hit that right on the mark. I love it. Just how tickled yeah. pink Phil was. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, welcome everyone. And, you know, for the first cup, we'll, we'll make it short. We always say we're going to make it short, but it ends up being long because I love to bloviate. Uh, but we talked a little bit about president Biden recently just made a visit with the Pope and had a private meeting. I think Bill, you and I were talking about this in the pre-show show, what was yep. like a 90 minute private uh, meeting doesn't, it's not every day that the uh, Pope can talk to a Catholic president of the United States, right? Because there's only been Correct. a couple of them. Right. And so maybe maybe that's why he spent more time. Obviously, the president had some comments coming out of there. I mean, you just have to see him for what they are as he's the president. Right. And it's a political statement and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's some truth to some of those statements, but they're also, you know, tinged with uh, the the spinning of the political office. So, um, but interesting, I mean, I think Terry was also, we were talking about the the United States Council of Catholic Bishops and how they're, how they're viewing uh, President Biden and other leaders, especially in the pro-choice arena and possibly, you know, going to be issuing statements of saying that maybe they're not in favor of those folks receiving communion. So there's a lot of, a lot of politicization the church is involved in right now, or, or 
that type of thing with this administration. And then the, he goes and sees the Pope. The Pope is a little bit more, let's say, um, ecumenical or neutral on some of his statements, right? Which I'm sure does some people aren't happy about. But uh, I did send you guys an article to look at um, that we can put out there as well for people to see the from some writer that kind of took the view that the Pope was maybe looking at more of a strategic view of, of the Catholic Church in the United States and the issues that we have, right? We've all made, a, I don't think it's any secret that we're, we're losing people constantly and, and in this country. And, you know, is that going to continue to happen? Or, you know, are we going to continue to kind of be on this edge of where I'm concerned about maybe the church getting involved too much on the political side and being polarized. I don't know, but the, the, all these things kind of play in, you know, we still have to have our core values and we still need to adhere to those. But I've always, I've always fixed this uh, as a bigger tent, you know, and I, I wrote about this I, back in school. Um, and there's also a book out there by John Allen about the future of the church and the tension and the big tent. I know Terry's heard me talk about that before and draw little things about can our tent be, how big can our tent be and still have all this tension and, and so on with all this different, differing views and so on. So, Yeah. I think part of what we talked about in the pre-show way before we were recording, uh, you know, the Vatican probably isn't going to say make any comments, any counter comments uh, to what President Biden said. Uh, I'll actually link to the Pillar Catholics discussion or comments on this. If it's not an article, it's audio, but either way, I'll link to it because I thought they had some really good perspectives on. It's very unlikely that the Vatican is going to say anything because this was a closed private meeting. So as Bob said, President Biden said what he said, you know, politically motivated, whatever that he said, what he said, it's very unlikely that the Vatican is going to come out and say, oh, whoa, 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 because that was a private meeting and that was a private conversation and that wasn't meant to be brought out to the light. They even shut down the cameras. They didn't allow um, any outside press at all whatsoever, not even the White House press to be in that meeting or even in that initial meeting. Like usually when you get the handshakes and everything, you get a bunch of cameras and everything going on. They didn't even allow that. So this was a very private, intimate conversation as is customary for a Catholic. Um, you know, maybe people might've mistaken what uh, president Biden was doing, um, you know, showing that reverence to the vicar of Christ. So, you know, for many reasons, right, the the Holy Father and the Vatican press office said, actually, we're going to just nix out all the press. So we're not going to see a correction from whatever it was that did transpire. Very likely, it's unlikely we'll see a correction, I should say. But I think what the Pillar Catholic puts out is very reasoned, um, is very logical. <laughs> you know, there's a number of different scenarios that would help kind of meet along with what Joe Biden said and maybe not. So, you know, it's a political conversation. So just, you know, as Bob said, you know, take it as it is. And I think part of what, you know, we're seeing, we had so much conversation before we started recording. Part of what we're... <laughs> uh, yeah, 
part of what we're seeing, not just in our country, but really around the world is, you know, this, um, this, I would say, I wouldn't say fraying, but I would say at least tension, right? Tension between um, this or that, whatever the issue might be, whatever the the thing is that people are having tension, tension over, and just the need to continue to rely on God's providence, because everything is still in his control. God can literally come down and and make everything right as rain, or allow us to suffer whatever we might have to suffer in our current state in life, whatever it might be, so that we can grow ever closer to him, right? So it, it, it's not in our control, it's in God's hands. So we just pray, we stay ever close to Christ and his sacred heart. We we don't let up in any of those prayer things that we have ple- that we have made a promise to God that we will do. We persevere, we never give up, and we continue to offer up the sacrifices that we make, uh, both for our president, we continue to lift him up in prayer for our country, for the world, just to see more and more hearts ever turned to Christ. Terry? Well, I would agree with you, Phil, with your uh, last statement that, uh, by the way, nice beverage that you're having during the podcast there. Cheers. I, I wanted to have a cerveza. Oh, well, there you go. I'm just having my water. So um, back to the subject at hand, we digress every now and again. (laughs) But I do agree that conversation and prayer are going to be the two pillars that we are going to build upon going forward. Um, And I think it's very important that we do both. We continue to pray. We continue to offer up our sacrifices. We continue to pray the rosary. Look to our Holy Mother, especially as we're wrapping up the month of October. Um, Continue to pray that rosary for our country, for our country's leaders, for our our civic leaders everywhere, both uh, you know, in law enforcement, um, in uh, in our local communities, as well as our state, as well as our our federal and and the judges that uh, will also be helping to decide the fate of our country. We need to pray for all of those people because they need guidance and they need help, and the best guidance that they can get is guidance from God. So we need to continue to pray, but we also need to continue to have those conversations, not a shouting match, but a conversation where we hold up and respect that other person we are speaking with and to. And there is, and we were talking about this as well in the, in the pre podcast, uh, there is a, page on the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops uh, called Civilize It. And basically there you go and you take a pledge saying, yes, I vow to uphold that other person, recognize that that other person is someone who is created by Christ and recognize their dignity through Christ. So uh, going off of the example that our Pope 
and our president showed by sitting down and having a conversation. I think we as the believers of Jesus need to sit down and have those conversations. And some of those might be tough conversations. We may not always agree, but respecting the the opinion of the other person is going to be paramount. That's all I have. I only want to interject before Bob says anything, but prayer, as I've been told by many holy people, is our most important ministry. The most important thing we can do is our fidelity to prayer. Because if we're not praying, then it's all for naught. It really is because we can't give what we don't have. And if we're trying to share that love that Christ has given us, but we're not really spending time in you know, really having those intimate conversations with our Lord, and then we try to tell other people about Jesus, they're going to be like, whatever, I don't believe anything you're saying. You know, so prayer is essential. We have to do it. And I know we mention this almost every podcast. If you don't spend meaningful amount of time every day doing contemplative prayer where you're just sitting and resting with some word of God, whatever it might be, just rest and let our Lord speak to you, I mean, that, that that has to be the first thing. Even if it's at the end of the day, that's still the first. That has to be a top, top priority. We have to take that time to spend with the Lord or we have nothing to give. You know, we're just offering emptiness, which is what the world offers, right? It doesn't promise anything eternal Absolutely. other than eternal damnation, I guess. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and I, you know, you bring up a very valid point, and I will um, add this: is that um, part of my formation time, I received some very valuable advice from a very wise individual, and this woman said, "You can't." fill up others from an empty pitcher. You yourself have to fill yourself up. And so in this case, that would be with prayer. Well, I feel respected. All right. Let's move on to the next, uh, the main topic. And Phil's going to be the lead. Thanks, Bob. We love you, brother. So we're going to talk about All Hallows' Eve, Halloween, as we might know in the United States. But it's referred to different things around the world. So does, October 31st is Halloween, as celebrated in the United States. The day immediately following that is All Saints Day. And the origin for the name Halloween comes from the English. And because they would refer to all the saints as All Hallows, and All Hallows Eve is the vigil before we celebrate that great solemnity of all saints. Now, it just so happens this year, the USCCB has said All Saints Day is not a holy day of obligation, but we highly, highly encourage you to still make it to Mass to really celebrate with all of those that have gone before us that are now basking in that everlasting light in heaven. So that's kind of where the origin is. Now, this has been around since roughly 844. So it's it's not a new thing. It used to be mid-May, and they moved it 
to October 31st, or rather November 1st, around the year 741-ish. Definitely by 844, Pope Gregory IV is the one that said it's absolutely happening on November 1st. So, I mean, that's a long time ago. It's not at the very beginning of the church, but it's been a long time, right? So it wasn't until 1484 when Pope Sixtus the Fourth said this is a holy day of obligation and, and gave it both a vigil, All Hallows' Eve, right? And the eight-day eight period or the octave to celebrate the feast. So the church has really said, hey, all these, all of those brothers and sisters in Christ that have gone before us that are now sitting before the heavenly throne, we want to make sure that we remember and revere them, that we ask them to intercede for us. So that's really where the basis of this comes from. Now, growing up, Halloween was kind of a big deal because I would get a whole pillowcase full of candy, especially by the time I you know, hit the end of elementary school, beginning of middle school. I distinctly remember a year when there happened to be a blizzard in Minnesota and I think I had to go back to get a second or third pillowcase because there was so much snow and no one was going out to the houses. So they just kept dumping their whole bowls in. Anyways, so part of what I want to talk about with Al Hallow's Eve, I didn't want to mention the Halloween blizzard, but it just came up. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Was, you know, some of the things that people bring up, right? People bring up, well, what about the occult? What about all these different things? Again, we can make fun of these things, and many saints before us, many saints before us would even, you know, they would they would throw those jabs, you know, <laughs> that's just that annoying one, that's just that pesky one, you know, referring to the devil and uh, any of his minions. So it, it's, it doesn't mean that we can't make fun of, poke fun of these um, demonic things that are real, that are out there, that are trying to attack us during this day, because we know that the next day we celebrate all the saints in heaven that have won the fight. They're, they are now receiving their eternal reward. Some people will ask, well, does that mean, you know, we can't do anything on this day? You know, for many centuries now, people around the world not necessarily in the United States until later, but around the world would celebrate this day by going around to houses and receiving, you know, necessary things. Well, candy, maybe not as necessary as other things, but, you know, they would have a fire. There would be this great preparing for this feast of all saints, especially through Europe, but uh, throughout Asia. This This was not just something dedicated to the European Catholics. This was really a universal feast. And so all of those people would go out, they would be celebrating, they would be lighting fires, signif you know, giving that, that trying to point to who it is that has conquered the darkness, Christ, right? So all of this to say, oof, going on too long, probably the Christian roots of this you know, when we look from 2021, we're like, you know, whatever. I mean, I didn't realize until many years after I became Catholic, this was even a thing related to Catholicism, right? I just thought Halloween, right? We go dress up, whatever, 
and we go out and get a bunch of candy. Uh, you know, we see the witches, the ghosts, the goblins, all the things, right? We see all these different things that, um, as Christians, we're like, well, you know, is this an okay thing, whatever? Um, do, can I only dress my children up as, you know, saints and popes and whatever it might be? I mean, that's a good practice. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but it's it's not what our focus is, is to, again, be that light wherever we might be. So wherever wherever our kids are going, uh, you know, as uh, whatever they're dressing up as to share that light. So if they're making fun of, as I mentioned before, you know, it's it's a jab at whatever that might be. Or are they are they trying to draw attention to, you know, this great saint of the past or this noble profession or a superhero? You know, none of these things are bad things, right? And so we can see how our Christian ethos kind of blends in with this celebration that has really become very secular, at least in the United States. I can't speak to other places, but it seems like that's probably the case. As we've talked about before, the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, or hell, right? So we know these are realities. And our our mindset should always be to try to get to where all the saints are. And our conversation would be remiss if we didn't mention the day that immediately follows All Saints Day, which is All Souls Day. Sometimes it's even celebrated in a cemetery to pray for all the holy souls. And we call them holy because their destination is in heaven. I know we've mentioned purgatory before, but that's where they're at. They're on their way, and we pray for all of those souls. And, you know, asking for the mercy of God to really shower down upon them. Terry, Bob, what do you guys got? Well, I will disagree with you on one point, and that is, for for uh, the fat guy in the room, candy is the important thing of, of Halloween. Just saying. <laughs> so I like unless, candy too, Terry. I like candy too. <laughs> unless you know you're uh, you're a UNICEF supporter, then Halloween really has an entirely different meaning altogether. Where we go around collecting money for UNICEF instead of candy. Uh, that all aside. Um, I I had not heard prior to um, maybe the late 2000s that there was any kind of connection with Christianity and Halloween. I just figured, you know, it was that time where we dress up our kids and we, you know, take them around or, you know, as kids, we went around ourselves. Um, and I do remember... Uh, driving my one-year-old daughter and my two-year-old nephew around in my Dodge Omni on Halloween night, 1991. So, yeah, yeah. Um, an aside there, uh, just saying. But uh, thank you for bringing that to uh, the light because I think there are a number of people that don't realize the connection there, and I think it's a, a pretty incredible connection. Bob, what have you got? Yeah, no, I agree with all these comments. I, I think it's uh, it's good to have it as a holy day of obligation. I know this year it's not. I don't agree with that. Um, it, I think.
that just fosters bad dis discipline and bad behavior by rank and file Catholics. So, but but I agree with all the comments that uh, both of you have made. So that's really all I have on that. Thanks, Bob and Terry. We make sure that we really celebrate All Hallows Eve, even if we're going to a vigil mass for All Saints Day on that day in the evening, or if we're going to attend mass, hopefully on All Saints Day. I know it's a Monday, and it may be more difficult, but I would be willing to bet that your parish is going to have an evening mass on All Saints Day, or one very close to where you are. And I highly encourage you to go. Some of the prayers that you will hear are different than what you'd hear at a regular, you know, Sunday solemnity. Okay, so just pay attention to some of those prayers. We're not going to give anything away. I maybe may link to them, but I may not. But just really be open to how God in his providence has given us these gifts to recognize and see these holy saints that have gone before us, you know, that live lives of varying degrees of, you know, quote unquote perfection, but achieve that perfection now in heaven, are there praying before the throne of God and interceding, praying on our behalf. So don't just let Halloween pass as just another day. And maybe, as Bob mentioned, you know, miss this great opportunity to go to the All Saints Day Mass in the morning, in the evening, whenever you can make it. Do what you can to try and make it. And if you can, again, try to go to All Souls Day. I'm actually going to link to, you know, what you... What are the prescriptions provided by the church if you would like to receive a plenary indulgence for anyone that you might know that's in purgatory? So anyone that you know that, that has died that you don't know definitively is in heaven, you can offer up some menial sacrifices for them. We will get into indulgences in the future. I have a guest hopefully lining up in the next few weeks for that. You know, this is these are simple things. I'll lay it out. It's not difficult. It'll all be linked in the description. You know, but if we can go to All Souls Day, All Saints Day, All Souls Day, pray for our loved ones that have died before us, family, friends, whoever it might be. Pray for all of them, because in God's providence, He's outside of time. Our prayers today, tomorrow, Tuesday, can have a an immense impact on that soul immediately before they die. So we have no idea in the providence of God's mercy. So we always trust in his goodness, in his mercy. Ask that he please be merciful to these souls of those loved ones, those friends, those family members that have died. And just, you know, trust in God's goodness. And pray that we will see all of these holy souls in heaven, even though the path is narrow, right? Absolutely, Phil. Absolutely. And for me personally, um, All Saints Day has, uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Um, it is a great feast day, but it is also a day six years ago in which my dad died. Um, so there is that remembrance as well. So, uh, but I still um, go to church, obviously, as a, as a good Catholic, not only a deacon, but a, a good Catholic man, and uh, and I pray for him and and my mother who are now in heaven. Bob, anything from you? 
Nope, I think you guys are on the right track. So that ends this segment. Let's take a short break and we'll be right back with the same spotlight. Stay with us. Okay, we're back. Time for Terry to do his magic. My magic. There we go. I like that. Thank you, Bob. So today we are featuring St. Simon and St. Jude. Uh, Their feast day is October the 28th. Jude is the patron saint of the lost or hopeless causes, forgotten causes, hospital workers, hospitals, impossible causes, and the Diocese of St. Petersburg, Florida. Simon is the patron saint of couriers, sawmen, sawyers, and tanners. Now, not much is really known about either one of our uh, two saints today, other than what scripture teaches us. Both of the saints that we are profiling today, Simon and Jude, were among the original 12 disciples of Jesus. St. Jude Thaddeus is also, uh, Jude is also named by Luke and by Acts. Matthew and Mark call him Thaddeus. So known by two different names, same apostle. Uh, He is mentioned nowhere else in the Gospels, except, of course, where all of the apostles are mentioned. Scholars hold that he is not the author of the letter of Jude. Actually, Jude had the same name as Judas Iscariot, uh, but evidently, Uh, Evidently, because of the disgrace of what Judas did to Jesus by betraying him and the the shame that that name brought, it was shortened to Jude in English. He was a brother, as uh, our scripture tells us, uh, to St. James the Lesser and a nephew by his father Cleophas and or Elpheus to St. Joseph, the foster father of Jesus, and the legal cousin to the Son of Man, the 14th century writer. Nicephorsus Callistus makes Jude the bridegroom at the wedding of Cana. The legend reports that St. Jude was born into a Jewish family in Peneus, a town in Galilee later rebuilt during the Roman period and renamed Caesarea Philippi. St. Jude was one was the one who asked Jesus at the Last Supper why he would not manifest himself to the whole world after his resurrection. Ancient writers also tell us that he preached the gospel in Judea, Samaria, Syria, Mesopotamia, and Libya. According to Eusebius, he returned to Jerusalem in the year 62 and assisted at the election of his brother, St. Simeon, as Bishop of Jerusalem. Now, St. Simon was also known as Simon the Zealot. This may uh, describe his zeal for the house of the Lord or denote his membership in a radical Jewish sect. A zealot, of course, is a person who is strongly committed to something. In Simon's case, he firmly believed in the importance of people following the Jewish law. Once he met Jesus, however, his life was changed and he became convinced that the most important thing was to follow Jesus and his teaching. 
There was also a belief that another reason Simon had the nickname was to keep people from confusing him with the other apostle named Simon, Simon, the one Jesus called Peter. From the first of these surnames, some have thought that St. Simon was born in Cana in Galilee. St. Simon, after his conversion, was zealous for the honor of his master and exact in all the duties of the Christian religion and showed a pious indignation toward those who professed this holy faith with their mouths, but dishonored it regularly in their lives. No further mention appears of him in the Gospels other than to say that he was adopted by Christ into the College of the Apostles. Now, little is known about his post-Pentecost life. He is thought to have preached in Egypt and then to have joined St. Jude in Persia. Simon and Jude traveled together to teach others about Jesus because of their eyewitness accounts of Jesus' miracles and his death and resurrection, many people came to believe in Christ and were baptized. They were both thought to be martyred in Persia, modern-day Iran, around 65 AD. St. Simon and St. Jude, pray for us. Pray for us. Pray for us. All right. Thanks, Terry, for that. Thank you, Bob. Anybody got any, any more comments on the saint? If you have any impossible causes, don't forget to lean on St. Jude. Absolutely agreed. Good advice. Hey, folks, it's that time of the show, that time of the show where we ask you to rate us on the podcast platform that you're listening to us on whether it's Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you're listening to us, please rate us. Please show us the respect. Please rate us five. We'd appreciate that. And there's all, and you can send us a message. You can send us a message through uh, a podcast platform. You can leave a comment, leave a prayer request, because we're here to pray for you, with you, and, and about you. Um, you can do that. Or you you can uh, leave it through those those means, or there's another place you can leave it, which is at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. You can also also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please see a link in the description. We need to get many many more of you to subscribe to that YouTube channel, or you can leave us a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash strangecatholics. All right, and time for closing prayer. And I know it's not me. So I'll do closing prayer. Thank you, Terry. You're welcome. Let's begin in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Great and heavenly Father, who are our light and our joy. And as Psalm 23 reminds us, you are also our shepherd. Thank you so much for the blessings you bestow in our life, for the love that you have shown us, and for all the goodwill I share with my brothers here on the podcast. God, we raise our eyes to you and we offer up 
many, many petitions, both in our hearts and in our words, but we'd like to pray for those who are preparing for marriage, for protection of life from conception to natural death. We also like to pray for all of our political leaders that they seek Jesus in all of their decisions. We also pray for all those who are suffering, whether it's emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, whatever their suffering may be. May they turn their eyes toward Jesus, the divine physician, for hope, for healing, and for peace. We also like to pray for all those who are pregnant or are, are looking to become pregnant. May Jesus protect those vessels of life and Mary, the Holy Mother, watch over those lovely women. And God, we just offer up these petitions to you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 And just a special prayer I would like to add uh, for my wife, who will be going undergoing uh, some major surgery next week. So just to add that to the prayer intentions of everyone out there in podcast land. Thank you. Absolutely. For that. Prayers for Colleen. All right. That's our show this week. Look forward to talking with you all next week. And until that time, love you, brothers. Love you, brothers. Love you, brothers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Strange Catholics. We hope that you enjoyed the conversation and it helps you dive into a deeper reflection and union with our Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to leave some feedback, please go to anchor.fm forward slash strangecatholics to leave a voice message, or you may also send us an email at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Links will be in the description. Please share this podcast and this episode with at least one person. This will help get the word out and get more people to join into the conversation. Please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening to us. This really helps the podcast get traction and help even more people discover the peace, love, and mercy that our Lord offers and is longing to offer each and every one of us. Thank you again for listening. Have a glorious day and may God bless you.